Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. I've got a kind of a different lesson today for you, um, and I'll explain to you why, and I'll explain to you why I didn't send you the notes out yet, um, but you will get them, but there's not much to them, really. Um, the story is the main thing we're going to spend time on today, and the Trojan War, and we're going to talk about some other things that will come up because of my lesson, and you'll see what I mean. Well, I might as well go ahead and get started. Cindy Hollis did me a very great favor this week because there was so much Latin on playtime last week that she almost wrote my lesson plan for me because I thought it would be fun since we're talking about Latin in English. Man, she just had so many good words, and those words lead off into other words. You all write and tell her. I should. I really should because, I mean, it was really a – I thought it was a great – I thought it was one of the best playtimes I've ever been in on. How many of you all um, – do most of you go to playtime or not? I was there. But well, anyway, I, I don't always go, but man, I, I just thought this was this was great. But anyway, let's talk about some of the words that Cindy uh, brought up, and I'll have these. I'm going to send you some notes out tomorrow, and it'll have these words in them. But the first word she talked about was the word, what is, she asked, what is neutrology? Neutrology, spelled. N-U-T-R-O-L-O-G-Y. Uh, oh, by the way, has anyone noticed whether any of my recordings are up? Any more of my recordings? Yep. Uh, some, uh, two or three of them. How many? I think either two or three. Yeah, Colby. I think, I think we're up to 11, 11. I think we're up to 11. That's where it stopped. Oh, well, no. Supposedly, Colby told me last week they're putting about three more up or so. Yeah, they probably, but see, the way that they number them is weird. The way whoever's doing that, I wish he wouldn't. I wish they'd just put the date like like uh, uh, one fifteen, you know, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. She told me they like were putting them million, up through. You know, it's it's. I don't like the way they do it, but that's another story. She told me they were numbering them up up through December the like 20 something, whatever that last time in December, I think that's what she told me. So I guess they're getting them up. So be on the lookout for them because I think they are coming up. Um, anyway, neutrology, if you hear that word, your first thought is it must mean something about neutral. Okay. Cause it sounds like neutral, but, um, but it's not at all that. And I knew that one because of Latin, the word in Latin nutrio means to nourish. So it's the study of nutrition, and that's where we get our word nutrition from. Uh, so neutrology means the study of nutrition. By the way, whenever you see that word logi on a word, it means the study of. Um, and that's a Greek. Uh, that's a Greek. By the way, I'm going to tell you something, and you can take this to the bank, but most people don't know it. Almost nobody in our world today knows this. If you really want to know some serious vocabulary, take Latin and also take ancient Greek. Those two subjects will help you so much with your vocab in Greek, especially with science vocab. Uh, and sometimes they mix the two together. Like you might have a word like autom like the word uh, automobile. That word, the auto is Greek, meaning self, and the mobile part is Latin, meaning movable. So you got a Greek and a Latin root mixed together there in that word. You just see an awful lot of Greek, and most people don't even know that Greek would help you uh, with your vocab. 
but we'll see some more examples of it. This, this particular one, though, neutrology, is Latin, but the logi part is the Greek part. That's the part, the study of, so like biology is the study of life. Uh, geology, geology is the study of what? Earth. The earth, gay, and in, in, uh, G-E in Greek means earth. Uh, sociology is the study of what? A society. Yeah, a society, yeah, society. okay. Psychology is the study of the psyche, which in Greek really means the soul, but it's really more, you know, how your mind works and that sort of thing. Pharmacology. What is pharmacology? Drugs. I know it's medicine. That was study of medicine, study of drugs in particular. Pharmacos <laughs> is, is drugs. So you can see all those words with logi in them are going to be the study of something. Meteorology, the study of not meteors, but the study of weather, the upper air, and all that kind of thing. Um, okay, the next root she gave was the word, what kind of tree is a Quercus robur? And I knew that one right away, because in Latin, sometimes the Roman poets use the word Quercus, and sometimes they use the word robur, but both words mean oak, and so it was an oak tree. Um, and What's the matter, Tenzo? Uh, I'll be back, guys. <laughs> what is it? I'll get him. The puppy had to go out. I'll get him back. Yeah, he will. Okay. Can you all hear me now? Yes. Yep. My old hound dog had to go out. That was what it was. she's <laughs> going to take him out. He's a good old guy. Anyway, the uh, and so the, the 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 actually what it is is in biology, the the tree is called the fi the kingdom of the tree is called the Quercus and the phylum of the tree is called a robur. So it's called a Quercus robur. And the robur part means strong. Um, you know strong, hard, whereas the Quercus part just means oak. Um, the next one she gave, I should have known and I didn't know. it. I was racking my brain over it. And once she told me the answer, I realized I should have known. And that was the word funambulist. F-U-N-A-M-B-U-L-I-S-T. Funambulist. What is a funambulist? A sleepwalker. Well, it's, it's a what? No. A somnambulist is a sleepwalker. A somnambulist. This is a funambulist. Well, I didn't know. If I had remembered the word funis meant rope, I would have known. It's a tightrope walker. Ah. Funambulist is a rope walker. I, I, but I didn't remember. It. But by the way, somnambulist is a, is a word for sleepwalker. Another word we get from this ambulist thing is the word. Does anyone know what a perambulator is? It's a stroller, a baby carriage. Yes, yes, it's a stroller. It's a baby carriage. Um, in England, they call them prams sometime for short, but it really means a walk through her. So like you're going to walk the little baby through the park or something. Um, that's the word. What? Oh, she's talking to the dog. Um, 
The next word she gave, I did figure out, but it took me a second or two. If I'd actually been on the show and had the first question, I might not have thought of it. But then if, if, if they had taken it to my team, I might have thought of it. And that was sinophobia. Sinophobia, spelled C-Y-N-O-P-H-O-B-I-A, sinophobia. My first thought was what someone said on the show, fear of Chinese. Because, you know, you hear about the Sino-Japanese war and all that kind of stuff. No, I think that's spelled, I don't know how that's spelled. S-I-N-O. Okay, this is C-Y-N-O. And so I thought, now what could be C-Y-N? Well, suddenly it hit me. In Greek, when you have a Y in English, often in Greek that becomes a U. Because Greek doesn't have a Y, it has an upsilon. So I thought, I know what it is. It's fear of dogs. And that's what it is. Oh, uh, really? If you have sinophobia, you are afraid of dogs because the Greek word for dog is kuon, C-U-O-N. Um, but it took me a minute to think of it, but I, I'm proud to say that I did think of it. But that brought up uh, a, a thing I thought we ought to talk about a little bit. I don't think, don't think we've talked about this in this uh, course yet is phobias. There are a lot of different phobias. Uh, there are a lot of different phobias that you can talk about, and they're all, uh, a lot of them are Greek related. Phobia, what is a phobia? Fear. A fear. Yeah, it's fear an irrational of. fear of something. Okay. Now, some of these phobias I'm going to talk about are, are real phobias. Some of them are kind of fun. Uh, you'll, you'll see what I mean as we, as we get into it. But, for example, um. Here are some phobias that you can know about. You might know about some of these and you might not. A cluophobia. Have you ever heard of that one? <sighs> I never had. A-C-H-L-U-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. It means fear of darkness. We don't have that. I can assure huh. you Ooh. none of us have it. Fear of darkness. Acrophobia. What is acrophobia? Fear of heights. Yep, height. fear of heights. Across the Greek means high. I, I, How about irophobia? A E R O P H O B I A. Fear of like flying around or being yep, in the air? Fear of flying. So if you're oh. afraid to get on an airplane, you have irophobia. Um, How about agoraphobia? A -G fear of open. Open space. Yep. Yeah. You're afraid of being out in public, like at the marketplace. Ooh. That's what agora means. Uh, yes, agora. Spell that agora again. A-G-O-R. Wait a minute. Uh, A-G-O-R-A-P-H-O-B-I-A. Agoraphobia. Here's another Ooh. one I never heard of, but I think you'll get it. Algophobia. That's A-L-G-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. Like algorithm. No, that's a good, yeah, fear of math. That's, that's mine. Yeah, no, that's a good guess. <laughs> yeah. That's a good guess. No, it's fear of pain. Algol syndrome. I would never have thought that. I wouldn't have either. But now here's what you do. You have heard of this one, I'm sure. Arachnophobia. Ah, uh, yes. My, my reader. Spiders. Spiders. Fear of spiders, right. Um, okay. And then. Uh, now, here's one that I, oh, yeah, yeah never mind, not yet. Claustrophobia. Yeah, oh, that means 
closed yep. in places. Yeah. Closed in places, right. Now, yeah, here's one I think, is a, I, I think this is a made-up one. I never heard of this, really. Coularophobia. It's spelled C-O-U-L-R-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. You would think Ooh. it would mean fear of colors or something, but it doesn't. It means fear of clowns. Wow. Why would anyone be afraid of clowns? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I just, I, they, it was online. I saw it. And so I wrote it down. Because in those, some of those horror movies, the cl a clown is the monster, I think. <coughs> I guess that's true. Chucky Maybe the, the clown or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I, Ninette, you weren't coming through, darling. She was trying to say something. Uh, cyberphobia. You guys will all know that. Cyber, C-Y-B-E-R. Fear of computers. Fear of computers. <laughs> Fear of computers. Hemophobia. Cyberphobia. Hemophobia. Blood. Yes. Fear of blood. Okay. Now here's one that you, you may feel different about this depending on your view of it. I don't know, but I'll give you the derivation of the word and you can take it from there and do what you want with it. We hear this one a lot today. Homophobia. What does that mean? Fear of man. No. 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 The fear homo the isn't man. The homo is the same. So it's same. the fear of same-sex attractions. Oh, or it's yeah. it's yeah. not believing in or dislike of same-sex attractions. Yeah. And so oh, that's what yes. they mean when they call someone a homophobe. They're afraid of the sameness of it. Hydrophobia. How do you know whether homo is man or same? Well, because in Greek, there, I used to think when I first learned the word homo in Latin, homo, hominess, I thought for sure it meant man. And therefore, when you talked about a homosexual, that was a guy that loved men. And therefore, that's why they called him that. But no, the, you can tell by the meaning. It means same sex. Homos in Greek means same. And mm -hmm. so that's why. I mean, I guess you can't take it oh, to the bank. Oh, from the Greek. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's from the Greek. Yeah, that's why. Okay, okay. okay. Hydrophobia. Fear of water. Fear of water. Yeah, but, but isn't now, that also a dog disease? Okay, like that's what I'm, there was Yes, it, this does not mean you're afraid to get in water. This does not mean you're afraid to go swimming. It's a disease that dogs get. I guess any animal can get it. And the reason, does anyone know why it's called hydrophobia? Mm -mm. Well, their throat, when you get this disease, your throat swells up uh -huh. and you can't drink. It hurts oh, you to drink. And that's why oh. they call it hydrophobia. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of water in the sense that they don't oh. want to drink the water because it hurts them or, you know, they can't. Maybe they just can't because their throat is swelled up. The same as rabies, right? Yes, it's, it's the, the same. same as rabies, except okay. rabies comes from a Latin word meaning like uh, meaning like fury, rage. Oh. I guess the idea is when animals get this, they bite you and they act, you know, act fewer. Uh -huh. oh, so are the words used interchangeably or not? I think, they, I think they are. I believe that they are. I believe it's the same thing. I don't, I think now you hear rabies much more often than hydrophobia. Yeah. I don't think you hear that one as often now. But if you read yeah, Old Yeller. Old Yeller had hydrophobia. I remember yep, that. The book Old Yeller by Fred Gibson had <laughs> yep. hydrophobia. Because right. I knew it was rabies. Because my dad had told me it was rabies 
because when he told me about the movie, but then when we read it at school and our house mother read it to us, she said hydrophobia. And I figured, ah, I guess that's rabies. And it was. At least mm-hmm. it did the same thing. So what is fear of water? What is that? I don't know. I don't know that there is such a thing. I mean, I don't know that anyone's classified it as. Well, I don't know that that's been a classified phobia. Hmm? Yeah, aquaphobia. Aquaphobia. Yeah. Is there oh, really such a thing? Aquaphobia. We're sure is, there is. I never saw maybe, it. Maybe it wasn't it's fair on my list that I looked up. Anyway, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it might be one somebody just made up. She's got aquaphobia or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Could be. It could be. Uh, then we have one that I never heard of. Ophidip. Oh, how do you pronounce this? Ophid. Ophid. Ophidiophobia. O p h i d i o p h o b i a. Ophidiophobia. Fear of snakes. Really? Now here's one. Again, this one's kind of a joke, I think, but it is one that. As you can see, people do use it. Triscodecophobia. Ah, yes. Yeah. Here, the number 13. 13. You're right. Fear yep. of the number 13. Triscode- Tris- oh, Triscodecophobia. Triscodecophobia. Fear of 13. T R I S K A I D E K A F O B I A. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is xenophobia. Fear of foreign. P H O B I A. What, what, nine? P-H-O-B-I-A. Didn't I say you, P-H-O-B-I-A? You said F. Wait, when? <laughs> Triskaidekaphobia. Oh, it's, yeah, T-R-I-S-K-A-I-D-E-K-A-P-H-O-B-I-A. That's what I have on here. I don't know. Well, it's, uh, and, and um, wait a minute. What did we just say? Aquaphobia. Aquaphobia <laughs> is, fear, is fear of water. Okay, it does exist then. Yeah, like, I, as soon as she said it, I was sure it was right. Okay, well, yeah. then good. Then that's the difference is that aquaphobia, you're afraid to get in water. Hydrophobia, you're afraid to drink water because you have that disease. Okay. And then xenophobia. X-E-N-O, fear of foreigners. Yeah, fear of foreigners or fear of strangers. Yes. Right. So there we go. That's a, a good. Uh, I just thought we should talk about some of these because you do see these words occasionally. And there may be some phobias that my list did not have that you know of, like in the case of aquaphobia. So, you know, I was going to invent one. Toflophobia. T-U-F-L-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. Toflophobia means fear of blind people. Oh, oh, (laughs) There's no such thing, but I sometimes think. I sometimes think I think that. there is. <laughs> I think people suffer from that occasionally sometimes. I do too. So um, now, uh, Cindy also used a word that I did not think of, and I should have thought of it. It made me mad that I didn't think of it. She said, what is, what are you if you're, or what is something if it's OLID, O-L-I-D? And the word is, if something is OLID, it's smelly or stinky. And I should have known that because I know a quote in Latin using the word oleo, olere, meaning to smell. And I'm going to read this quote to you. And this quote is going to lead us into a discussion of something that I didn't think we would talk about in here for a while. But since this quote came up, we are going to talk about it. This quote comes from a Latin play. And the quote says, mulier recte olet, ubi nihil olet, which means, 
A woman smells properly when she doesn't smell. Meaning that if you don't wear a bunch of perfume, that's the best thing. I mean, that's what the woman in this play says. Now, the woman in this play, there's a woman in the play getting ready. She's dressing up for her lover. She's getting all putting her dress on and she's getting all, you know, fixed up, making, putting makeup on. And she's asking her slave, do I look all right? Does this dress look good? And the slave is kind of like bored. And she says, you know, you look fine. You're beautiful as you are. You don't need to do anything. And, you know, she says, shall I put any perfume on her? And that's when she says, the slave says, a woman smells properly when she doesn't smell. And then she goes on to talk about how some of these old prostitutes put so much perfume on. It's like mixing a bunch of different foods together. You get all these smells at one time. And uh, so um, uh, it's just a cute, cute little quote. Um, now, I wanted to talk a little bit, little bit about these plays. They're by the author Plautus, P-L-A-U-T-U-S. And on Bard, there is a book called by, by Plautus. If you look him up, P-L-A-U-T-U-S, you will find a book called Four Comedies. And it's by, guess who it's by? It's by Eric Sigel. You know who Eric Sigel is? Love story. The, love story the, the guy, guy that wrote Love Story. The guy that oh wrote Love goodness. Story is really a classical scholar. He taught at Harvard really? University. And uh, he wrote this tra this translation of four plays. And they're pretty good plays. So if you ever want to have some fun, just get them out and read them in English and see if you like them. I, I thought I'd talk a little bit about these plays since we since we since they came up in our in our discussion. These plays are kind of lighthearted comedy kind of plays. They're a little bit like I Love Lucy. No one could accuse I Love Lucy of being serious. It's pretty silly, it's, but we all love it. Um, and that's kind of the way the Romans felt about Plautus. These plays are pretty silly, uh, but everybody loved them. And they're kind of cool to read in Latin because they have a lot of puns and a lot of jokes and stuff like that that you might even miss when they're translated. Um, the basic plot of these plays is something like this. Now, this is not exactly, you know, all the plays are a little different, but this it's like if you said, what's the basic plot of I Love Lucy? Well, Lucy's trying to get into show business and Ricky doesn't want her to get into show business. That's the basic plot. Okay. But they're all a little different. Um, I mean, who could who could forget that one about Vitamina Vegemin? That's the funniest oh, thing that was in great. the world. Um, but anyway, um, the basic plots of these plays is something like this. Two families live next door to each other. In one family is a young man. In one family is a young woman. And so the fathers of these families think that the young man and young woman should get married. However, as often happens, the young people don't necessarily think that's what should happen. The young man, meanwhile, has gotten involved with another girl. And this girl that he's gotten involved with is not a nice upper-class Roman girl like the one next door. She's probably either a slave or maybe a musician or maybe even kind of a prostitute. But anyway, he loves her and he wants to marry her, but he knows darn well that his father would never permit such a thing. And so he gets his slave, there's always a clever slave in these plays, to kind of work things out so that he can be with this girl, but his father won't find out. Well, at the end of the play, they suddenly find out that this girl that he's in love with 
is not always, has not always been a slave. At one time, she was a freeborn woman. In fact, she was the daughter of the guy living next door whose daughter uh, they wanted this young man to marry in the first place. She's a daughter that got stolen in infancy by pirates, and she has some things to prove who she is. And so it turns out she's a freeborn woman after all, and so there's no objection to the guy marrying her. So he marries her, and they all live happily ever after. Now, all these plays have much more complicated plots than that when you really get into them. That's the basic type type of plot that you have. Um, the quote that we just read comes from a play called The Mostelaria, which means The Haunted House. But it's not about ghost stories exactly like you might think. What happens is this old man leaves his family for three years and goes abroad. While he's abroad, his son starts having wild parties. Doesn't that sound modern? I mean, it really does. Sound like something that would happen in today's world, probably. <coughs> his son starts having wild parties. And in fact, he falls in love with this girl. And this is the girl that says, oh, do I look all right? Does my dress look all right? You know. Um, and so all of a sudden, while they're getting ready to have this wild party out on the street, guess what? The father comes home unexpectedly. So the clever slave says, don't worry about this, guys. Just take the party indoors, lock the doors up, and try not to make too much noise. And I'll get the old guy to run away, and I'll get him to go away from this house. He won't come in here at all. He'll, he'll run away when I get done. And so when the old man comes, comes back, the slave says, about six months ago, uh, your son had a dream. And this, in this dream, a ghost appeared to him and said he had been murdered in this house and that we all had to leave. And so we've moved out of this house. Don't even, did you, did you knock on the door of this house? <gasps> Whoo, you're going to get haunted. You can't even touch this house. You've got to get away from this house. It's haunted. And somebody inside yells the slave's name. And he said, don't talk to me. I'm at peace with the dead. You know, he pretends it's a ghost talking to him. And so the old man ends up, uh, you know, believing it, that it's haunted and runs away. And the, the plot goes on. And finally, of course, at the end of the play, the old man finds out what's really been going on. And he lets his son marry the girl that he's in love with and all ends happily ever after. You can read the play. It's, in, it's one of the ones in that collection if you want to. Um, they're just, they're kind of silly, but they're kind of fun too. They're kind of fun to read. Um, in Greek, they did not have, well, they did have these kind of plays. We don't have any of them that have survived except for one, but in Greek, they had a whole different kind of comedy and it's more like all in the family. Uh, it's more of a satire of Greek life. It's more you know, really cutting satire because the Greeks were free to say whatever they wanted to say, and they could say whatever they wanted to without being punished. Uh, and so they satirized each other, you know, tremendously. Uh, I mean, there's one play that one of the funniest ones is the Lysistrata uh, in Greek, which means the, uh, which is the woman's name. Basically, they want to end, the women are tired of the Peloponnesian War going on and on. So they say, okay, women, whether you're a Spartan woman or a Greek woman or an Athenian woman, we're going to go on a sex strike. No more sex for these guys till they end the war. And there are some hilarious scenes where these women, you know, pretend like they're ready. But then in the last minute, no, 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 sorry, can't do it right now. And uh, it, it, it leads to some very funny scenes. And finally, they do make peace and end the war. Um, I mean, in the, in the play, they do at least. And so uh, there, there's some very funny uh, plays uh, 
by this particular author, more like Owen the family, but the Romans didn't have that. And they had these plays like I'm talking about by Plautus. It used to be some Aristophanes on Bard, but I notice now it's there's no more. I think when they went to Bard and went to the uh, digital format, they must have lost some of these plays. So anyway, if you want to read them, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. Now, I thought we'd look at our story that we did last week, that I had given you last week. Um, and this is, you do have this in your notes from last week. And I thought we'd look at this little stupid story. It's kind of a nice little story, but um, it's called, it's called Ubi Est Familia. Ubi Est Familia. What does that mean? Where's the family? family? Where's the family? Okay. And it's going to be a little conversation between a brother and a sister, the same brother and sister we had in that other story. Publius cum sorore marcia in casa sedet. So what? Publius, that's the brother's name, remember. Publius cum sorore marcia. So Publius what? With his sister, Marcia. With his sister, Marcia. Sedet in casa, in casa sedet, is sitting in the house. Okay, And so he asks her some questions. They didn't have any TV to watch in those days, so they <laughs> might as well talk. Ubi est pater, Rogan. What does he want to know? Father, where's he asks. Where's, where's father? father? Pater ad opidumit. Father. It is going, I give you that. Father is going to town. Huh. No woes always in Opido Wendere Walt. What's he want to do? No woes always in Opido Wendere Walt. To sell something. Buy no woes always. Yeah, he wants to sell. No woes always. What are always? Sheep. sheep? He no. wants to sell some his new sheep. In town, wants to sell some lamb chops. Who be asked Mater Rogat Publius? Where's mother? Yep. Mater cum amica in proximo. She's uh, with a friend yes. next door. She's with a friend yeah. next door. No woman font him habit. This friend next door, what? Doesn't have something. She does have something. Habit. Baby. She has a new baby. Oh. Utskis, as you know, as you know, et mater amica madua. Um, mother likes something. She's helping her friend. In other words, this woman uh, that had a new baby is a friend of mom's and she's helping her. Esne secunda cum matre. Secunda is their little sister. Esne secunda cum matre. Notice that. That word ne, I, I tell you this at the beginning of the story. Remember that Latin had no punctuation originally when, when, people, when the Romans wrote it had no punctuation. So to show you at the very beginning of the sentence that it's a question, they put the question mark at the beginning of the sentence by putting this little word ne. If there is no other interrogative word in the sentence, they put the, the ne on the first word of the sentence, and that shows the reader this is a question. And if you were to hear this, I'm sure they raised their voice too. Esne secunda cum matre. 
So in English, we do that by inverting, don't we? We say is mother or is secunda with mother. Is secunda, we don't say secunda is, we say is secunda, is secunda with mother. In Latin, they just put that word ne. Est ne secunda cum matre, is secunda with mom. Itawero. Itawero, by the way, means truly. Yes. And it's a way of saying yes. It means truly. Truly. Yes, she is. Infantem novum videre Walt. What does she want to do over there? She wants to see the new baby. She wants to see the new baby. Et praeteria, and besides, cum amica flavia ludere amat. What else does she like to do over there? Amat, ludere. Likes to play. Cum mm-hmm. amica. With her friend. With, with her, her friend. friend. With her friend, Flavia. I mean, I couldn't tell you everything, but I think you can figure it out. This mother who has this new baby also has another daughter named Flavia, who's about Secunda's age. By the way, the name Flavia means blondie. <laughs> so Flavia might be blonde, might be a blonde. Um, UBS Dawis. Remember, Dawis is the slave. UBS, UBS Dawis. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to give you the answer. UBS Dawis. Notice if you have an interrogative word like where, you don't need a question. You don't need that nay. You only need it if there's no other interrogative word. Ubs Dawis. Where's Dawis? Where is Dawis? Est in stabulo. Barn. He's in the barn. No <laughs> agnum habemus. And his, they, we have a new lamb. We have a new lamb at Dawis Matrim Kurat. And Dawis is taking care of the mother. Of the mother. Okay. Esurio. Ubi asked Lydia. What is he hungry? Say? I'm hungry. Notice, Carla, that's an interesting little thing. Latin does not do what French does and what Spanish does by saying, I have hunger. There is a word really meaning, I am hungry. Esurio. It's, it's interesting to me that in the modern languages, that word got lost somehow. And, uh, <laughs> You always say j'ai faim, even if you want to say I'm hungry, like j'ai faim d'innocence. Isn't there a story called that? I think j'ai faim d'innocence. I'm hungry for innocence. Uh, um, Italian does that too. Italian does that. In German, you can go either way. You can either say ich habe hunger, I have hunger, or ich bin hungrig, I am hungry. So that's oh, interesting. Okay. But you still use a verb, a verb to be. Yes. Um, or a verb to have, you don't just have a separate verb, which is kind of funny because in, in Latin you do. Esurio. Um, um, okay, I'm hungry. Ubi est Lydia. What does he want to know? Where's somebody? Lydia. Lydia. Lydia, remember, is the female slave. Paratne canam? Paratne canam? She's fixing dinner. Is she, he's asking, is she fixing dinner? Oh. Marcia says, Mene me stolte. No, fool. You can tell this girl's not too nuts about her brother. Mene me stolte. No, fool. No, stolte. Lydia est cumatre. Uh, Lydia is with mother. Yeah. At praeteria. And besides, uh, semper esurus. 
And she's always hungry. No, you are. You're you're always, I'm always sorry, you hungry. are always hungry because it's yeah. East. Um, All right. Quando tu omnia skis, ubi sunt canes. Quando means since, by the way. I don't think I told you that, but it does. Quando what? That's funny. Thanks. It looks like it should mean when. But yes, not. and it can mean when. It can mean when or it can mean since. And the only way you can tell is that if it means quando, the sentence will have a question mark. I mean, in, in today's Latin books anyway. Is there a Spanish word quando? Yes, cuando means when in Spanish. Yes. C-U-A-N. Yes, that song, tell me when you cuando. Tell me cuando, 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 cuando. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and in French, you got call, of course. Call. Yeah, call. And I don't know Italian whether it's got that same word or not. Yes. But Latin has several words for when. You can say ubi. You can say cum. If you use cum, though, you might have to use a subjunctive. And you and you use quando as well. So you can you have several choices. Or you can use the ablative, uh, maybe. Well, depending on what you're saying. Uh, quando tu omnia skis, ubi sunt canes. Since, since you know everything, everything, since you know everything, where's the dog? Where are the dogs? Where's the dogs? Yeah. In Silwis. In Silwis. They're where? In the woods. In the woods. Lepore's peptun. They're chasing rabbits. And now he says, Quamoda omnia hike skis. You know something. Yeah. Um, by, how? By what, by how? how do you know all these things? Quomodo means in what manner or in what way do you know all these things? All right. And then she says, Est quod sum tom intelligence. Est. It is. It, it is because, quote, yeah. I'm intelligent. I'm so intelligent. It's because I'm so intelligent. Can't you just <laughs> picture her sitting back saying that? And then he says, Itoero es sapiens asana. Um, sapiens. Asana. Yep. You're a wise ass. <laughs> that is a wise donkey, let's say. I don't think the Romans would have had that exact meaning that we have when we use it but they would have thought it meant you're a wise donkey that is you're wise but you're kind of stupid too so you're a wise donkey okay all right where is father i'm looking at the questions here at the end in the barn no the slave oh, wait, is in the barn. oh that's right the slave he went to in the town barn. he's he going to town. town yes okay he went he's town. going to town gary yes gary you have 20 minutes Oh, thank you very much, Melissa. Sure. Uh, where is mother? Next door. All right. She's next door. Friend. Who is with mother? A friend. Lydia. Lydia is. That's the slave. And who else? Um, Secunda. Secunda. Okay. Where is Dawes? In the barn. In the barn. In the barn. <laughs> Yep. Why does Publius want Lydia? Because he wants to eat. Because he wants to eat. He wants to yeah. make sure she's fixing him his dinner. Yeah. And do you think that this brother and sister get along well? I question that. 
<laughs> not so hot, right? Uh, yeah. They're they're kind of sparring they're back just and forth. They're, they're just other. sort of snarky to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are uh, a so, hard time. Yeah. Give it a hard time. I mean, they may have been just kidding each other, but and they probably, you know, <laughs> brothers and sisters probably like this a good bit. So, um, all right. I want to okay, spend. They do a lot of, I a lot of brothers and sisters are snarky like that. Yes, they are. What did you say, Ninette? Um, I I I don't know if these are valid or not, but I got a couple words for you. Okay. Scotomophobia, fear of blindness in visual field. Whoa. So I guess that means I guess that means as opposed to blindness of the mind or you know whatever. Do you have that written down for me? Because I'll yes. put that in these notes, huh? Yeah, sure. Okay, good because I want to know the spelling of it. I don't even know how to spell that. And what and, else? Oh, metaphobia, how to cope with the fear of eyes. Now, I think it really means just the fear of the fear of eyes. I think it's got to do with looking at maybe it's got to do with looking at people. Well, I'm not really sure because kykophobia is fear of blind people, particularly the muted or glazed over eyes, sometimes common among people who experience blindness. Okay, kykos is the Latin word for blind. Yeah, kykophobia. And that's the one I think is probably the most, yeah, uh, the best one. Because I don't know what this one about how to cope. That's really weird. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway. All right. Well, very good. Thank you for that. Let's talk about the Trojan War. We're going to get started on the fall of Troy today a little bit. But before Troy can fall. Now, you remember Hector, our great champion, has been killed. Achilles killed him. Uh, last week. And Hector's body has been ransomed and the Iliad ends with his funeral, but Troy does not fall because a guy named Memnon, not Agamemnon now, but Memnon comes in to help the Trojans and he does quite well at defeating some of the Greeks and uh, really uh, gives them a run for their money even now. Another person that helps the Trojans at this point, there's an Amazon. Remember, Amazons are very warlike women that come along. Oh, yeah. And this woman's name is Penthesilea. And she helps uh, the Trojans for a while until she gets killed. Well, uh, Paris is not much of a fighter. But he shoots an arrow one day from the walls of Troy, and Apollo makes that arrow hit Achilles in his only vulnerable spot, that is, in his heel. I mean, it's very unlikely Paris could have shot anything with an arrow, but Apollo helps him to do it, and he does end up killing Achilles, and that's a big help to the Trojans also, and a big blow to the Greeks. And so Achilles now is dead. Now, when Achilles dies, Achilles had very good armor. He had armor made by Vulcan that his mother got for him. And so when Achilles died, they had a contest to see who would get the armor. What Trojan is worthy to get Achilles' armor? And it came down to two men, Odysseus and Ajax. By the way, Ajax is where we get the name Ajax Cleanser, <laughs> I guess, um, why you'd want to name a cleanser after him, I don't know, as you're going to see. 
But they have a contest to see uh, who should get these arms. And it was really a big deal in those days. Whoever won really could be proud of themselves. It was quite an honor to win. But whoever lost, it was almost like a defeat. It was, it was a very uh, kind of a dishonoring thing. And so they took a vote, and the vote went to Odysseus. He got this armor. Well, this really ticked Ajax off. Ajax brooded over this and got really upset over it. And he decided it was Agamemnon and Menelaus's fault. They voted against him, which they probably did. And so he says, I'm going to get him back, man. I'm going I'm to murder him. And so he goes to Agamemnon and Menelaus's tent, intent on murdering them. But before he can murder them, Athena makes him go insane. And he sees all these cattle out in the field, and he thinks they're Agamemnon and Menelaus. And so he grabs all these cattle and pulls them into his tent and kills them. And he takes this one ram, ties it to his tent pole, and beats it because he thinks it's Agamemnon. And then all of a sudden, his sanity comes back and he looks around and he sees all these dead animals and he says, man, my disgrace at not getting the armor was nothing compared to my disgrace that I brought on myself now by acting so stupid, killing all these cattle. What, what was that for? That was no sense in that. And he realized he's made a total fool of himself. He says, well, if a man can't live right, at least he can die right. And so he committed suicide. And the Greeks did not burn his body because they didn't think a suicide victim ought to burn. They just buried him. And so he's kind of disgraced. By the way, there are two guys in mythology named Ajax. This one is the more important one. Ajax the greater. Ajax the lesser. Uh, the only thing he ever did was he raped someone. And because of that, the goddess... Uh, Athena picked him up in a wind and threw him down on a sharp rock and killed him. <laughs> so that's all you really have to know about him. Um, <laughs> so uh, Paris now, as I said, uh, he has killed Achilles. And um, or am I here? Here I am. And so um, the Greeks are getting really upset because Troy is not falling. They're still not taking Troy. And so they find out that there's one guy in Troy that knows the future. His, he's a son of Priam named Helamus. And they figure if they can capture him, maybe they can find out something that'll help them Messages. win the battle. And so... I'm sorry. And so um, they call, they get him, they capture him, and he tells them something they don't want to hear. He tells them that in order for Troy to fall, they've got to have someone who has the bow and arrows of Hercules. Well, that's very bad news for them. They knew someone who had the bow and arrows of Hercules. They knew someone that had, but guess what? They had been very mean to him. When they first came to Troy, way back, there was a guy on their ship named Philoctetes, or Philoctetes, maybe you pronounce it. And when they stopped at this island to get water, he got bit by a snake on, on his foot. And the wound festered, and the wound started to smell really bad. 
and they couldn't stand it and they couldn't wait around for him to get better. Uh, and so they left him on this desert island with this wound, with this smelly wound, and they left him there and they go to Troy for 10 years. And he's still on this desert island all this time. But he does have the bow and arrows of Hercules because Hercules gave them to him. So Odysseus and another guy go back to try to get the bow and arrow from him. And they steal the bow and arrows from him, but they can't bear to leave him on that desert island by himself. They can't bear to leave him defenseless. And so they talk to him and they, they convince him to come back to Troy with them. And as soon as he gets back to Troy, the Greek doctors heal his wound. Why they couldn't have healed it before, I don't know, but I guess that wouldn't make a story. So they heal his wound. He goes into battle and the very first person he kills is, or he wounds is Paris. He wounds Paris. Now, Paris, this is an interesting little story. Paris had a girlfriend before Helen. His main squeeze before Helen was this girl named Inone, O-E-N-O-N-E. And he had been living with her until Helen, until this whole thing with Helen came along. And he knew that this girl that he had been living with, Inone, had a gift. She had a drug that could cure any wound. She had told him she had this. So he goes to find her. Now, he hadn't bothered with her for 10 years. All this time, he'd had Helen. He didn't bother with her. So all of a sudden, he shows up on her doorstep and says, honey, please, would you heal my wound? How would you feel? <laughs> she said, you know, bag this thing, man. I ain't healing nothing. And she sits there and watches him die. <gasps> However, she still loves him. And so after he dies, she goes off and commits suicide. Isn't this a happy story? (laughs) This is really a happy story. Um, And so Paris dies. Now, so Troy still is not falling. Oh, another thing they had to do in order for Troy to fall was to bring Achilles. Remember when Achilles was disguised as a girl? And I told you that he had a son, that he got some girl pregnant back there when he was hiding out as a girl. Remember I told you that way back? Well, the son that, they, that he had was a guy named Neoptolemus, N-E-O-P-T-O-L-E-M-U-S, which means renewed war. And this guy is going to be like a new version of Achilles. He's not quite as good as Achilles. He's not immortal, but he's like a new version of Achilles. And he is going to be the real villain, one of the real villains, at least at the end of the story. Um, His name is also Pyrrhus. He's called by two names. The name Neoptolemus means renewed war. The name Pyrrhus means redhead because he had red hair. And so they got to bring him to Troy. And so they bring him to Troy. But Troy is still not falling. So what are they going to do? Well, Odysseus, who's really smart, comes up with a great idea. He says, the trouble we've got is we can't get into the city. If we could get into the city, then we could take it, but we can't get in. We can't get close enough to it to get in. So, but here's what we're going to do. There is an image in Troy that protects Troy. That image is called the Palladium. What if we steal that image out of Troy? Then we can build a wooden horse and we can hide in it and we can get the Trojans to think that it is replacing that image that we stole. And maybe then they'll take it into the city. And so, and this is a, a, this is a big undertaking. This is a very dangerous mission. And so 
they build this. First of all, they go steal the Palladium. They find out it's in there and they go steal it and take it back to the Greek camp. Uh, then uh, they build the wooden horse, a great big horse, big enough for people to get into. And, uh, and several of the Greek leaders get in it and hide out in it. And of course, what's going to happen is they hope the Trojans will take the horse into the city. Then when everything is quiet at night, they can come out of the horse. They can open the gates of the city and bring all the other Greeks in and take over the city that way. Uh, and the plan almost doesn't work. Almost doesn't work. Because when what the Greeks do is they build this wooden horse, they put people inside of it, and then they pretend to sail away. And so one morning, the Greek, the Trojans wake up, and they look out their windows. They don't see anybody on the shore. Not one ship is there. The whole place is totally deserted. But there's this great big wooden horse on the shore. And they don't know what that thing is. So guess what they do? They go out of the city and they walk around and they say, oh, yeah, man, here's where Achilles used to have his tent. Here's where Odysseus was. Here's where we used to fight. Here's where we burned some of the Greek ships. And they're walking around. They're looking around at everything. And they say, what do you think this horse is? And someone says, you know, it's such a big and awesome thing. Maybe we should take it into the city. But right away, and they say that this, this priest whose name is Laocoon, comes running out of the city and he basically says, are you guys crazy? Do you trust anything that the Greeks have done? If they've left this horse here, it can't be for our good. It's got to be something wrong with it. And he makes a very famous statement. Timaeodanaos et dona ferentes, which means I fear the Greeks even when bearing gifts. That is, I'm afraid of the Greeks even when something that seems to be for our good is not going to be good. So I'm afraid of. And so um, uh, it almost looks like he's going to keep the Greeks from taking the horse in. In fact, he even takes his spear and hits the horse with it. And when the spear hits the horse, you hear a noise from inside the horse. And it, it looks like, that at this point, the Greeks might have busted the horse open and found these guys and killed them. But Ulysses is too smart for that. They've left a Greek behind to help convince the Trojans that they should take the horse into the city. And I'll tell you about that because I bet you it's about time to go uh -huh. uh, the next time. I'll tell you that's where we'll pick it up for the next time. Yeah, you have like five minutes. Oh, we do? Oh, maybe we got yes. some time in there. Okay, um, uh, the Greeks have left a guy behind, and this guy's name is Sinon, and they've left him behind, and he's been laying out in the grass all night long, out in the marsh. He looks like something the cat drug in, and the Greeks find him, and they bring him to them, and they ask who he is. They know he's a Greek by the way he looks, and they ask who he is, and they make fun of him. They eat a stupid old Greek. What are you doing here? And all that stuff. And so he says, okay. You're right. I'm a Greek. Go ahead and kill me. The Greeks will pay you if you kill me. The Greeks want me dead. Go ahead and kill me. You'll be doing a favor for them. And right away, this makes them interested. And they say, well, why, why, why is that? How come the Greeks would pay us to kill you? 
And so he gets them interested. And so he tells them a very long and complicated story. And most of what he tells them is not true, but there's some truth mixed up in the story. First of all, he tells them that he's an enemy, that Ulysses is an enemy of his, that Ulysses doesn't like him, or Odysseus, if you want to call him that. That's a lie. He's related to Odysseus. Odysseus told him what to say, put him up to this, but he's lying and saying that Odysseus is his enemy. And he basically says the reason Odysseus is his enemy is that there was a guy named Palamedes who really was Odysseus's enemy because of uh, uh, something that happened before the Trojan War. And Odysseus had killed, had murdered this guy Palamedes. He had him murdered. And he was a friend of Sinon, Sinon says. And so Sinon says, if I ever get the chance, I'm going to murder Ulysses. And so Ulysses knows that. And so he figures out a way to get Sinon killed. But I'm going to stop there because it gets too complicated to try to go on quickly. So we'll start with this next week. Um, yeah, now you have, you have no homework to do. I'm going to send you some notes and I'm going to send you uh, the, these words that we just did today and the stuff about the plays, the books about the plays, if you want that. And I'm going to send you something about third, some more verbs, third IO and fourth conjugation verbs that you can look at if you want. And we'll pick up with that next week. Any questions? Thank you. Thank you for doing this, Gary. That was great formatting and to get those notes before the class, you know, I mean, of, of 18, you know, to pick up on 17's notes right. and things. Well, I'll do better next week, maybe, Carla. If I could. My wife says I got to do better, so I'll try. Yeah, uh, but I got, I got, I'm using a new computer, and it slows me down a little bit, but I like to use it because I'm learning it as I use it. And uh, so oh, that's part I of that. said I thought people wanted the notes to look at them while you were talking about them. That's what yeah. I said. Well, this week I figured you didn't need them too much because we had the story. But uh, but you'll have all this stuff we talked about today in the notes. You'll have all of it. Thank you guys for coming. I appreciate it.